make it something that like you have to do it now. Because if you put it on the back burner, it will be forgotten. And then you're going to be looking down, blink of an eye, 10 years down the road, you're still in the same place. Like you need to be urgent and you need to take some of that addiction and drive it into what you really want. Welcome to Unmasking Greatness. This podcast is about unmasking your greatest potential and living a purpose-driven life. If you got value from this episode, you already know. Like, share, and subscribe. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Unmasking Greatness. Today, I want you to work like a damn crackhead. <laughs> I know you, Chris is like, people are like, Chris, what the, what the hell are you saying? Work like a crackhead. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. What, how many of you actually have an addictive personality, right? Is it for good or is it for bad? And I'm going to twist this into, you know, a personal story because I can tell you that I have a very addictive personality and I've, I've came to grasp that within the last couple of years when I start to look back at my life and all the like areas that I put a lot of emphasis on. So I'm very like all in with everything that I do. So even back when I was like skateboarding, I thought that was it. Like I didn't care about anything else. That's the only thing I focused on, you know, and I did that for a long time. Very addictive, you know, then, you know, once I got into like more of my darker path, which some of you have probably heard in some other episodes, you know, it started with cigarettes. I was smoking cigarettes because that's what my friends were doing. I thought it was cool. And you fiend for it. You know, you, you, you don't like smoking that first cigarette, but you almost force yourself into an addiction because you want to be accepted by your friends, right? That's what they're doing. I want to do it too. Cause I want to be cool. Keep in mind when I first started smoking, I think I was like 16 or 17 years old. You can't buy cigarettes, but we found a way to get it. We'd go to this little fish market, old man, give him his three bucks. He said, put this in your pocket. And I walk out and I did that <laughs> for a long time. I had to go to this one spot because I knew that was the only place that I could get it. It was way out of my way, but I was willing to drive there just to get a pack of cigarettes throughout the going forward, you know, which turned into getting into other, you know, substances. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it. I don't care. So, you know, when you're younger, so, I mean, maybe some of you can relate or not. You trial different, different, you know, drugs, things like that. Um, and, and one that I ended up trying was cocaine. That was, uh, I don't know. It was just something that just kind of happened. Friend had it. You want to try it? Cool. I did. Then it became more frequent. It started happening almost every weekend. I was going and hanging out with these guys. They just always had it. And that's what happened. I got into that. Got to a point at that point, I didn't have any money. Um, so kind of relied on them, but at the same time, then they didn't have any money either. So we ended up going to, you know, a drug Lord and basically said, Hey, like we'll sell it, sell it for you. And that's what we did. We'd pick up a batch, you know, basically go sell it just to have the leftovers to do. We'd cut it up, you know, just so we would have a little more, you know, things like that. So you, we started getting more creative with the way to do things, but the addiction became, I need to find a way to get this thing because I want to continue doing it. I did this for a year straight. And the only reason that I stopped was because the guy that I went 
and was doing these things with ended up going to prison. And the places that we would go were really, really sketchy. And even with him, I felt uncomfortable and I definitely wasn't going to go by myself, which ultimately had me start to pull away from that. You know, so that, that happened, you know, but the whole idea behind that was being really creative to get the things that I wanted, right? Everybody's like, I don't have money to invest into a coach. I don't have, you know, I can't figure out how to do this thing. But when you really want something, you get quite creative and you will go out of your way to do things. Even if it put in my self, like put me into an unsafe environment, I was willing to go so far down the path to get what I wanted that I was risking my life to do it, you know, because these people could have, they could have robbed me. They could have shot, you know, stabbed me, shoot me to get what I had. And, um, but at the point, at the time it doesn't cross your mind, Mm -hmm. you know, you just kind of like just rolling with it. So, you know, fast forward in my life, you know, I've figured my way, you know, I got into working out you guys, you know, that's a, you can listen back to that story, but it started to unravel and, if you guys can take that addiction, if you can get that kind of focus and drive that energy into something that's going to progress your life and make you better, have that urgency, you will skyrocket your life significantly. Mm-hmm. You will. And, and this is also why I feel like my business has done so well in the last couple of years is because, again, my personality, my addictive personality that I just have inside of me, I have poured into my business. 12, 13, 14 hour days of work is nothing to me. I don't care. It doesn't bother me because I like it. I thrive off it. I have this like this fiending feeling of like, I can't wait till this is finished. I need to finish this project. This is going to be the best thing ever. Those feelings is what drives me forward. And some of you may say it's not healthy. You know, it's not the best way to do things. I need to balance my life. I agree. I think that I I still work on setting boundaries for myself every single day. But the point is, if you can take that addictive personality and start to put it towards something, you become way more creative on how you're going to get that solution that you want, Mm -hmm. right? I'm so tired of people saying like, I don't have this. I can't figure this out. I hate my job. Like, cool. What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the next step that you're going to do? Because if you continue to just complain about it, nothing's going to change. So learning to try to find those solutions and putting urgency on it. I think that's probably one of the key words I would take away too. be urgent back burner. It will be forgotten. And then you're going to be looking down, blink of an eye, 10 years down the road, you're still in the same place. Like you need to be urgent and you need to take some of that addiction and drive it into what you really want. You know, and Chris overcame cigarettes, cocaine, his personal addictions. Now, I've done cocaine. I've smoked weed. I've drank alcohol. I've done Molly and all that stuff. I did things, but I never really did it consistently. I would dabble and go through phases with the kind of the negative peer group that I was around. But outside of me personally experiencing it, because you kind of had to experience yourself with it, my experience was witnessing it. I saw my whole entire family. I would see my grandma be lifeless on the couch, lifeless 
verge of death. Nothing going. Literally, it was. It's insane to even visualize it right now because she died last year. No life, and then all of a sudden she would get her methadone and she was bouncing around the walls, bouncing off the walls, full of energy, talkative. She's ready to run a marathon, but it's like to be in that negative sick state, but to know that she was going to get her fix. Boom! It was a kickstart. It was enough motivation to get her off the couch. Mm. You know, my cousins, my whole family were that came with crack, marijuana, lower tabs, Ativans, pills, meth, heroin. All those things. It's like I saw my family, which has, doesn't have any resources or money, do some very sketchy and creative things to get their fix. When you are feigning to get high, and the biggest thing is when your physical body is withdrawing. I saw my mom for three weeks not leave a house because my, my dad basically didn't work at his house, basically held an intervention for my mom. He rubbed her back, massaged her legs, and basically she shit, threw up, and diarrhea for three weeks straight and got clean. But to see someone withdraw and fiend for this drug, but essentially like you can't leave the house, and to see people have restless legs, to walk around the house all night long, just panting, moving, pacing, that they can't sit still. They want this thing. They need this thing. Their body's shutting down. Their brain just says, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. I've seen that. And in that moment, everything inside of them just wants to break free from those doors and go get high. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, my dad stopped her and my mom got clean. But the reason why we're talking about this is the amount of energy, the amount of focus, the amount of urgency, the amount of imagination, the amount of innovation that people embark when they're an addict, when they're crackheads. And outside of drugs, whether it be gambling pornography. There are certain vices and addictions that we have where we know we should not do it. But there's this magnetic pull that's like pulls us to the phone, pulls us to the porn website, pulls us to the bar to gamble, pulls us to smoke cigarettes. It's just, it's like a pull. We can't control it. There's this deep rooted sense that I have to have this. It's consuming me. I can't think about my work, my family, my kids, my own well-being, the safety of others. I don't care. I have to get this fix. It makes sense. We've all seen that when it comes to crackheads. I don't even know what I was doing. I was high to my mind. I was just, I was in a different world. But what if you could take a fraction of that, a fraction of that, and put it towards something good, to something useful? Imagine if you had to get your fix, whether whatever it may be, that deep-seated feeling of like, I have to have this thing. What if you could put that into your marriage, your relationships, your spiritual sense, your mental state, your business, whatever it may be? You are going to skyrocket your results just like Chris was saying. I have an addictive personality. Hell, I don't know if I do or not, but I'll tell you what, (laughs) 95.476% of my whole entire family are addicts. So I'm sure it's probably in me. But the moral of it is, is you have more creativity than you think. You have an imagination. We forget that every single one of us was a goofy little kid at one point, and we'd sit out in the yard and pick up sticks and think it was airplanes. And we'd do it for hours. Society suppresses our imagination. Society tells us the worst thing in the world. Be realistic. Stop dreaming. Be realistic. Get a job. Pay bills. To where we suppress all of the creative juices and centers inside of our body, which we have. You have the abilities. And people think they don't, but the second they start to embark in a negative behavior of drugs, boom, they'll do anything. You're like, son of a gun, how the hell did you even think to do that? 
you get really creative when you want something bad enough. What if you wanted to save your life bad enough? What if you wanted to have a successful marriage? What if you wanted to be a great mother or father? What if you wanted to break the generational cycle that you've been imprisoned in? What if you wanted to erase anxiety, fear, and worry, and gossip, and negativity in your family and start fresh? What if there was a deep-rooted drive for that? As bad as someone wants to get high, you had that same sense of urgency to save your life. You think your life would change? Yeah. It would happen way faster than you think. And Chris and I are always trying to come from different angles to provide value, to paint vivid pictures in your head. But this is applicable to Chris and I. He experienced addiction. I witnessed it. That's why I am so, I think, fixated and driven. And sometimes I feel robotic because I've seen people with so much potential throw their life away. You know the shittiest thing in the world, Chris? is to look at someone and to look inside someone's eyes and be like, you know what? You could be something amazing. Mm. Your heart, your soul, your gift, your talents, who you are. You light up the room. You could have done something extraordinary with your life and you turned it to shit based on your decisions. That's the saddest thing in the world. That One, some people don't get the opportunity and blessing that you've gotten. And then some people just piss it away. That's what drives me as I refuse to waste my potential. That is what petrifies me. And that's why I'm so fixated that I think it's ultimately fear because I'm so afraid to F up that I'm here. Not that I've made it, but somehow I'm clean cut. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't go out. I don't party. I eat healthy food. I'm regimented. You know, I'm not addicted to porn or anything like that. I, I truly want to do good. I'm trying my best to go to church. I have a podcast. I want to make the world a better place. I have a business. I'm a doctor. I'm pretty successful. I make money. I lead my family, the people around me. I'm doing all these things, and I'm like, I can't blow this. I, I can't blow this. This isn't guaranteed. Tomorrow's not promised. And there's this fear that I refuse to waste my potential. I want, I have to. I don't want, I have to, Chris. I have to to change the generational curse of the Gregory family. I have to. I'm not an addict. I don't put any substance in my body other than caffeine, and I just piss excellence. I just wake <laughs> up like this. But I have to, Chris. Just yeah. like you, there's something inside of me right now that it takes over my body, and that's why I get coaches right now, because I have to. That I refuse to sit in this chair and have this conversation, feel these emotions, and F up. Yeah. It petrifies me, dude. It literally it scares the shit out of me. I can't. And, I, and I've witnessed so much pain, and it's got me here. From my mom, and it's crazy, the older I get, the more I think about my mom, which is really weird because when she died, I was almost numb to it. But now I catch myself that more time that passes, the more I cry and the more I miss her, and the more I think about her. And those things push me to do better. And it's weird because the more I think about my mom, the more it's not that I need to run from the pain, the closer it gets me to with God. And that's what's so weird. And I don't know a lot of things in my life, but the more I think about my mom, the more it makes me want to go to church and do better. And that very pain point, I used to be embarrassed and it used to make me mad. And when she, my mom died, it was almost as if someone just spilled a cup of coffee. You just clean it up. Oh, well, that's almost how I thought. To where the more time passes, the more I cherish and I miss my mom. And I just want to do good. And it makes me realize how short life truly is. Tomorrow's not freaking promised. I mean, you know, my dad, we've had such an amazing relationship. But here recently, mine and my dad's relationship has gotten rocky. I haven't talked to my dad in like a month and a half. And I'm like, what is happening? Things aren't guaranteed. Things aren't going to last forever. 
Face things. Break your addiction. Maybe you don't have an addiction, but want your life to change. Your life must change. Make your shoulds become must and do better. Be better. Lead by example because people need you. I need you, Chris. You don't realize this, dude, but you mean more to me than a lot of freaking people, man. And I don't trust a lot of people. And I think that's one of my biggest traumas is I isolate myself and I'm Superman, but I'm so fucking petrified to let people get close to me because I've been hurt so much. But when you send me voice recordings and I look at your life, I look up to you and I appreciate you and I love having good people in my life. And your life matters. Your life matters to me. And your life matters to your family. And you listening, your life matters. Your struggles matter. Who you are matters. And God put you here for a reason. And never neglect that and stray away from that. Yeah, dude. Damn. You'll make me choke up, bro. Fuck. (laughs) But I think, you know, one of the things, one word you kept saying, want. You have to want it. And that want will turn into, I must have it. You have to want the change. What you guys are doing, you know, whether it is the porn addiction, the alcohol, the drugs, you know deep down that's not for you. You know it's bad for you. And you want to change somewhere. It may take you a while to dig that out, but you want to go a different path. And you have to figure out when are you going to make that first step? Because that's all it takes. You're not going to change overnight. Did I change overnight? Hell no. You know, I, I still dabbled with it. Then I got into like, you know, doing ecstasy, you know, and doing all these other things because I'm trying to like fill some sort of void in my life. But when you start to take the steps that's going to like progress you and move you forward, you start to see a little glimpse of light. And when you see that little glimpse coming from the fog, from the darkness, that's when you start to say, okay, I must do this. There is something better. You know, there's something more. And you want to start to surround yourself with people that are going to see the same vision. And that's why me and Preston are so cool. You know, I mean, I do. I, we, me and Preston talk every day. We send voice messages every day. And it could be on just like random ass stuff sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. But I want to see Preston win just as much as he wants to see me win. It's because we both have come from different journeys and different paths but both come from struggle. And I have so much respect for that and for you, Preston, because you have broke the generation cycle, you know, and so many people fall in the trap. They fall into the trap of like the way that they were raised, the, what they've been around, the life, the, the, the hard wire of their family that they've ingrained into you. And you feel like that's the only way, you know, your life would be so much, me and you wouldn't have this conversation if you would have stayed hardwired that way, mm-hmm. which is telling all of you out there that you can rewire yourself. You can rewire yourself to be more efficient, happier, successful, but you are your own technician. You have to dig into your own you know, microchips and wires to find the current that's going to be efficient for you. And if you don't do that, you will always be lost. But it's powerful to just kind of like th- have these conversations and reflect to see how far that we've come. I'm sure there's some conversations that you guys can have that you can see how far that you've come. But don't take life for granted. Mm-mm. You know, start taking, you know, that addiction to growing and developing yourself. You want to fiend every single day to be there for <clears throat> your family for your business, 
for your, you know, coworkers, whatever that you do, be the best. I used to be like that back when I was in the restaurant, you know, I was the best damn dishwasher ever. And that's how I thought. I was like, I wash these dishes faster than anybody, you know? But again, that's my personality. I just needed to change the frequency, change the, the vibration of direction that I was taking that and put it into me. Mm-hmm. And if you guys can do that, y'all can take over the world. There will always be a void when you're chasing the superficial pleasures and addictions of life. I promise you. There will always be an empty part of you. I've done it. Chris and I, Chris has done it. That when you're chasing the superficial things or you're going down a path of negativity and chaos, there's always going to be a void. But like Chris said, when you get amongst the fog and you see that glimmer of light and you follow the light and you follow the straight and narrow path and you're starting to live in alignment and congruence and your vibration and frequently cha- frequency changes because frequency is what you frequently see. And when you change your frequency, you're going to frequently see all of the amazing blessings in your life that you could not see when you were fixated on the addiction and you were in that cloud. But when your frequency and vibration changes, you start to frequently see all of the amazing things in life that you previously couldn't see. Everything in my life has been already around me. I still live in Bowling Springs. I still live in the same town that caused me so much pain prior in life. But now my frequency is different. And I frequently see things different than what I used to. Chris and I are living proof of this. If we can overcome our addictions and we can break the generational cycles and we can overcome pains and traumas and we don't allow those events to be to define us or we don't fall into the victim trap, you can do it too. And this message may not resonate with you or it may speak directly to you. But if you're listening to this and you're getting some type of emotion or sensation inside of your body, you're listening to this for a reason. Maybe I'm just being a vessel to a vessel and basically what God's been trying to tell you, my voice is telling you. Move. Do it. Don't want and wish because one day it's going to be too late. I promise you, it's going to be too late. Do it now. It may be hard, but the life that you want to live and the life that you deserve to live is just on the other side of facing this addiction, the pains, the resistance. You can do it and tap into your creative powers. Put your foot down and take ownership of your life because no one's coming to save you. No one. Chris and I are here for you. We will do anything. If you ever need us, message us. We're not some massive platform with millions of followers. Your messages will be seen and heard by us. We're just normal dudes. If you need help, we will help you, but we can't do the work for you. No one was able to break Chris's addictions but him. No one was able to heal my traumas and the traumas that I'm still trying to heal from but me. You have to do that. But when you have a positive support system and there's people in your life that hold you to a high standard, that hold a space for you, that can guide you in the right direction, it makes it so much easier. Lean on something bigger than yourself and put people in your corner that's going to propel you to the best version of yourself because you can do it. And I want to leave you all with this last thing. All these drugs are man-made drugs. Create your own drug. Be the own manufacturer of that drug called life. Mm. Create it and start taking that pill every single day. You're going to be high on life, baby. High on, in a positive, healthy way. <laughs> Let's go. Boom. <laughs>